Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. So have you heard about the Bravo All-Stars Island adventure? That's oh, about- I just saw it fleetingly today in midst of all my other meetings. I saw there was some speculation and there was some declarative indications of who will be on there. And I was kind of disappointed because there was a lot of the OGs, uh-huh. but not, not enough of the newbies. Do you know who's going to be on there? I don't know who's going to be on, but the fun thing everybody is doing is that they are all creating their islands. By, like, picking one person from each franchise. If there is a boat involved and an island involved, Ramona should be involved. Absolutely. For sure. Who would be on your all-star? I want Karen. I want Ramona. I'm putting all my favorites in there. Mm-hmm. Karen, Ramona. Do I want Candy or do I want Kenya? I'm kind of conflicted there. Because Kenya would drive Ramona nuts. Yes. So that would be fun. Yes. But Candy could actually bring some fun on the trip. Yes. Maybe candy. Yes, candy. I like the Marge the best, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering on the trip, would Marge be the best? Mm. I think it might be Jennifer. Wow. Lisa Barlow. She would bring yeah. the tequila. And then I don't know who else. Maybe Deandra. Oh. Nobody from Beverly Hills. Nobody from OC. I don't I don't like either of the California girls. Wow. Interesting. So I went with Rinna. Because you know I mm. love messy Rinna. Rinna is a necessary evil in my opinion. I, I just don't want to reward not that way <laughs> yeah i understand you, but especially now that she's trying to so become chris jenner yeah totally it, it, it's she's really just, sad she she is just jumped the shark on being thirsty she's like overly thirsty now she's like unquenchable we have created yeah. a monster i understand i would pick rena yeah. dorinda mm-hmm. Portia. Mm-hmm. Marge, mm-hmm. Lisa Barlow, Karen Huger, and Tiffany, because you do need a doctor on site. Other than Rena, I like all of them. I'm glad. And no OC yeah. for me. No OC is dead. I'm not interested in OC. Who'd you get from Atlanta? Portia. Yeah. Portia's a good one. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about Portia. Yeah. But you also bring mm-hmm. up a great point about Candy because Candy, Candy. would make sure that Bolo comes. And yeah. I would just love to see Lisa. Like, because the thing is, Lisa Barlow, Tiffany, Karen, they're generally more conservative housewives, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like to be around a Bolo, they would just like lose. Karen would literally lose her wig. Yeah. 100%. So today we're talking about Atlanta, Salt Lake City, and New Jersey. There was no Dallas this week. But before we get into it, I do want to be fully transparent because we have an ad Mm -hmm. now that shows up in the beginning of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I just want everybody to know that that ad is only 30 seconds long. So if you want, you can, as soon as the podcast starts, you can literally just hit the 30 second forward button and it's totally fine. You're so bad at this. How are we ever going to make No, you still get, we still get paid. (laughs) We still get paid even if you forward it. So don't worry about uh, any Mm. of that. In the future, we might end up having ads that are like in the middle of the podcast. So I think what I'm going to do is we might do one of those things where like, we're like, okay, we're going to take a break for a commercial. Feel free to forward 30 seconds and you can forward 30. 
30 seconds. We don't mind. Yeah. But by the way, we don't get paid that much money. Okay. How much did we make? We made Let's talk about one that. single George Washington. <gasps> That's like our first George Washington. Wait, is George Washington it? on the dollar bill? It is George Washington, right? It I is George Washington. Few. It is George Washington. Indian currencies are easy because they're all Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Yeah. So we made $1. Okay, full transparency. Mm -hmm. But we just want you guys to know that Arthi and I are not changing in any way. We're still here in Mm -hmm. our Walmart and Old Navy apparel. Okay, we're not going to become influencers. Okay, we're not going to get a glam squad. If we could get good mics. (laughs) (laughs) The glam squad that is willing to work for a dollar. Can you imagine the quality of work they would do? Well, first of all, if I got a glam squad, I would never have them do my makeup. I would just be like, can you bring me snacks <laughs> you want interns you want sonia's interns. that's it that's exactly that's right. what i want too. i want a couple of pickles that's what i want yeah i want pickle bring pickles bringing me pickles yeah that's what i yeah, want yeah, yeah 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 for sure for sure for sure so yeah. so we're just we're still the same okay we're just we're just want to be yeah. transparent with you but now we have a fund with a dollar in it we can add to for our future liposuctions don't think of it as arthi and i are trying to get rich and like change who they it's are it's a medical bill yeah, it's a medical it, yeah. it like a gofundme it's a gofundme <laughs> This is so problematic. We are going to get canceled. Okay. Think of it more as a midlife crisis fund. Are they just trying to collect funds to just lift our tummies and our boobs to the places where they once were in their heyday? Yeah. And we we will even tell you before we go get it done. Not like Dolores. (laughs) We won't hide it from you. We will actually tell you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Atlanta this week. Oh. I mean, where does one start? Oh my god. <laughs> I think everybody has already started and ended talking about it. We are probably the last people talking about Bolo. We are keeping the Bolo train going. It's all yeah, we are doing. For sure. If you don't know, there was a stripper on Real Hostos of Atlanta this week that had a penis approximately the size of my three year old's leg. <laughs> It was huge. And the most hysterical thing was that (laughs) was all of it. The most hysterical thing was all of it. All of it. First of all, first of all, let's start. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Okay. (laughs) One does often start is the beginning. Look at like there's like these two two prude brown girls talking about a stripper with a 25 foot penis. Here's. So as a as a prude brown girl, it got caused me a lot of anxiety <laughs> to think that Bolo was standing there in that glass box, flexing with a camera and some light. Some like it was like some random porch light shining on him <laughs> and the camera. Yeah. And he was in a box in his fake Chanel, flexing away and rubbing himself against that glass box on their back lawn. And this is not a house that is just by itself. There were other houses, row houses (laughs) next to them on the same row. And I'm thinking about, I'm just imagining this old brown Indian family (laughs) that's next door. 
And they just looked down. They came out to look at the moon moonlight, and they came out and they saw the bull standing in the backyard, just flexing away for a full ten minutes, fifteen minutes, while the women went and changed. There's like some Indian engineer guy who's like really, you know, fond of like astronomy. He wants to take his kids outside, show them Venus, but instead the kids see penis. Yes. I was like, what would the neighbors be thinking if that happens? There was a lot of tits and ass also. I mean, it was like Mm -hmm. across the board, we saw all the body parts this episode. And it's just the funniest thing about all of it is that like... They're all supposed to be like these very sexy ladies, right? But like the house, the way the house is decorated is like very like nautical beach shack. (laughs) So it's like nautical beach shack. (laughs) That is a very family oriented, family oriented vacation home. Ashley's Raymore and Flanagan catalog. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Kenya comes out in her red outfit and all I could think mm-hmm. of was, you know, that clip that's been circulating around the internet for, I don't know, 15 years of Kim G yelling at Danielle yes. and saying, you're you're, you're an old lady with fake square tits. I was like, Kenny's got a fake square butt. <laughs> uh, she felt good. In she it. did. So that I was happy for her because she's she's been feeling so miserable That's and true. she's been so miserable. So in that moment, she was like spreading out and having fun. Yeah, you know, as Portia said, you could see her <laughs> uterus. <laughs> It was so funny. She had fun. And then Cynthia, first of all, I didn't realize how tall Cynthia was. This episode, she looked even more taller. She and Marlo look like giants. I think also the other thing is that Bolo's kind of short. Yeah. Bolo was like a little yeah. pint-sized guy. Yeah, see, that's also so so all of that big dick thing might have been more relative to his size too. Oh my god, that's such a great point. I wonder if like that actually makes yeah. a difference. I mean, who knows? Yeah, so Cynthia comes down the steps and then they give her the little vibrator to insert in there and Candy is operating it. Cynthia could barely walk. She had to be helped down the steps. <laughs> yeah, and then they also stuck her in a sex swing and they were like, oh, you should use this. And I was like, could you imagine being butt naked and climbing into that thing like no woman over 30 is gonna be butt naked climbing into that dumbass swing and not look like an absolute fucking idiot nobody good climbing into that swing my sciatica is not going to support (laughs) that swing my knee is not gonna bend (laughs) that way and i'm gonna be afraid of breaking more bones if, and then Candy is like really rough with her and, and she's like, you can, I can pull on you and it's so sturdy. I'm like, only until the door doesn't open. If somebody opens it, you know, my kid will open the door and I'll be right down face planted on the floor, my knee in my throat and I will be, they'll have to call 911 and they'll come find me upside down, my ass in the air. And you know what? I think that if Candy's going to sell the sex swing, she needs to sell it with a life alert. Just so that if somebody has fallen down and cannot get up from the swing, (laughs) the capability is there for them to be rescued. (laughs) You know, a lot of other podcasts have already probably talked about Bolo and how huge his dong is. And we're like, back pain. (laughs) What's the safety behind Candy's sex toys? 
<laughs> Has this gone through she inspection? Needs some, she needs to put some pillows down or something. There's so many fall, you fall on something. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Obviously, oh a lot of crazy God. stuff happened in that. Now, here's my question for you. Who do you think Bolo yeah. smashed? I think it was Portia. And nobody mentioned what happened to uh, uh, Shamia. I thought it was Shamia and Portia were like always getting it on, even otherwise. So I think it was Shamia and Portia with Tanya being ooh in the corner, <laughs> but not really participating. So I think that it was definitely Tanya and Portia. But I also think that Drew knows who it is because mm-hmm. of how guilty. Because mm-hmm. Drew comes in and here's the, here's the thing about, this is coming from experience of a person who spent a lot of time lying to their parents growing up because my parents were really strict mm-hmm. and they didn't let me do a lot of stuff. So a lot of times what you would do is like, I would go to a place where, you know, there's boys and my parents weren't supposed to know that there's boys there. I would come home and I would give my parents a great amount of detail about very few things and then i would be like yeah Yeah. it was so much fun this person came oh so and so's boyfriend showed up but like just for a minute and like it was totally fine and their parents were there and it was like so much fun like i would say those kinds of things to my parents i would be super confident with the information i was putting out there and i feel like that is what drew is doing because at some point when candy is like Mm-hmm. Kenya's about to break girl code Drew was like no she's not wait what like she mm-hmm. looks scared shitless yeah. so Drew yeah. is yeah. Pr- putting up a good front but like I liked her now I really dislike her because the other thing that Drew did that really pissed me off was she kept being like maybe Kenya should learn a few things and maybe she'd stay married first of all you're married to Ralph stay married. Yeah. worse so like yeah. Ralph is in the running yeah. for some of one of the worst house husbands and and this entire fucking channel so like mm-hmm. you're not you're not taking home some prize Drew yeah Stop. Yeah. She was very into Bolo. Yeah. Earlier in the night, she was all up in there and enjoying it. So yeah. it was not, she was scared of telling Ralph. Yeah. She keeps bringing up, she always couches telling Ralph along with, oh, but you went to Tampa. Yes. So I think um, she, they have that tit for tat kind of relationship. Yeah, it's gross. So it could have been Drew too. At least Drew knows she was there. Yeah. For sure, Drew knows who it was. Yeah. What do you think of Kenya? doing the investigation though. Okay, so here's the thing about Kenya. Yeah. Kenya is such a tryhard and like mm-hmm. here's the thing that I picked up from what Kenya is doing is Kenya saw Candy the night before being like the mistress being all assertive mm-hmm. and cool and she was like, "Oh, that's a fun little cosplay. I'm going to do my own little yeah. thing today." And I think she was trying to be funny. But as usual, Kenya always takes the joke too far. I do think that Portia is being ridiculous. Like Portia will never laugh at Kenya's joke, no matter how funny it is. Yeah. So Portia is going to get angry and Portia is going to come at Kenya. And then what Kenya is going to do is she's going to bring her baby into it and be like, well, I don't know what's going on in the house. And I've got a kid up here, you know, and she's going to mom shame them. It's going to become a whole other thing. Yeah. So I think like Kenya, as usual, goes too far with the joke. But also I think Portia is being ridiculous. Everybody's really distracted by Bolo and who he fucked but let me tell you who the all-star was of the episode who was it? marlo caught a whole ass fucking shark and nobody is talking about that <laughs> 
She caught a whole Marlo, shark. Marlo's shark was bigger than Bolo's dick. Yes. It was incredible. <laughs> First of all, she was not appropriately dressed. Okay. She was dressed to go to Ontario. With, with six-inch heels. If you want to talk about girl code and, like, sisterhood and women mm. supporting women, it is mm-hmm. when Marlo is about to catch a shark and she goes, I need my sisterhood. And she starts to lean back. And all the other women, they like literally uplift Marlo's back. They are literally Marlo's her butt. support system. <laughs> yeah. And she reels in a shark. And I was like, my God, is this not beautiful? But then everybody I just know. wants to talk about like, who did Bolo smash? And I'm like, no, Marlo's yeah. amazing. Also, she's just like so funny. The Marlo deserves a peach. I, I hope they just give her one. I'm now, I, I want to watch Marlo more than I want to watch any of these other women. Yeah. I want to know more about her nephews that she raises. Yeah. I want to know Marlo's story. We still don't know Marlo. Yeah, we don't. We don't know where her designer clothes come from and who she's sleeping with right now, who her sugar daddy is right now. We don't know. At this moment, we don't know. We don't. And Marlo has given us some of the most iconic moments on Atlanta. So I think it's ridiculous oh that like God, Marlo yes. doesn't have a beach. Now, the other yeah. thing that happened offline this week, now that we have Atlanta and Bolo, is that mm-hmm. apparently there's a video circulating on the internet on Bolo's OnlyFans, where he decided to put his donger into a fruit of some sort to perform a sexual act. It's in black and white. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what kind of fruit it is. I did see clips of the video, and I said, this is too much for me. I can't handle it. But the funniest thing (laughs) is that there's now a debate going on in the internet of what it is. Some people say it's a smashing pumpkin. Some people believe it's a watermelon. Some people think it's a coconut. Yeah, a cantaloupe. Coconut, you know, coconut would scrape him off. He would be down to his blood vessels. He would be down to his urethra. I mean, it's not. Coconut is a good scrubber. Yeah. Coconut will scrub it off. Bolo gave us pumpkin to talk about. (laughs) That should be the title. Make that the title. (laughs) He's one in a melon. Zingers. Oh my gourd. <laughs> okay, one of the comments when what? I was looking up this video, one of the comments said, when, uh, you, Have you been waiting to say all that yeah. all day long? Yeah, I have. Okay, <laughs> one of the comments on the internet while I was looking up this video, somebody posted it. And <laughs> somebody wrote, This is the exact words that I saw of a comment on, on the internet. It said, now he doing something with a mango. Somebody tell him to stop. We don't need no fruit salad orgy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but to that point, I will say, don't you ever, Bolo, don't you ever, ever desecrate a Touch mango a man- like that. No. 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 <laughs> mango is too sacred. Too sacred. Mango is too sacred. Don't you ever. Leave the mango alone. Mango is too small for you. Leave it alone. Yeah. How could you? I'm sure it's not a mango. It cannot be a mango. Mangoes are too small. Just the tip is it what you <laughs> <would> do. <laughs> That's true. Like, how big yeah. is this mango? It can't be a mango. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Real Housewives of New Jersey this week. We learned how to get haircuts on on your driveway. It was very sad. This week in New Jersey, we saw the aftermath of the fight with Jackie and Teresa. The ladies went to Lake George. Everybody went to Lake George. (laughs) 
Jackie gave her kids a haircut and kept telling them, being like, I love being here. I love being here. I love being here. I love you guys. I love being I love here. You saw here. my suitcase, right? You saw my packed suitcase, right? Mommy was going to leave, but then I decided, are you happy? And the kids are like, huh? <laughs> Why? Why are you here? Why are you cutting our hair right now? It's okay. We were playing. Just leave us alone. Yeah, Why you, aren't you gone? Can you like not? And then we saw a little bit about Frank and David and Dolores's weird relationship. Oh my God. Frank and David make the best couple ever. Okay. I have to say this. Allegedly, this is the case. I have a boots on the ground person who has told me oh, no. that David and Dolores are in a relationship and it's fine. Frank and Dolores are only friends because of Bravo. And if it wasn't for Bravo, Frank would not be around as much as he is. The show has made them spend a lot more time together. But the way that they keep showing this thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, Frank and Dolores are hanging out all the time. And then David is also there. It's like they're not some like throuple that like hangs out all the time. David and Dolores are together. Right. And Frank is around because he is her ex-husband, but they're not like spending off camera time together. Right. I think Frank is friends with Joe Gorga. He's friends with David. He's friends with a lot of people. So he's like a friend off for the entire cast. Yeah. And that's why they bring him on. And because he's on the show, he hangs out with Dolores a lot. Yeah. But he seems to be a lot closer to David, too. I mean, he David had him in his house. I think he, David genuinely likes uh, Frank as a friend. Yeah, I definitely think that they are friends. I think that Frank is like a family friend. Like, I don't think it's that weird. Yeah. I don't think it's weird at all. It actually explains it a lot. Yeah. The good thing about this episode, though, was that I was happy to see that the other women are trying to hold Teresa accountable. Even her own daughter mm-hmm. is trying to hold her accountable. She's like, not for nothing, mother. Right. All of this is happening because of yeah. what you fucking did. And Teresa's like, oh, she is yeah. so smart. And then, like, she blames Jennifer for giving her tequila. She blames Marge. She blames her friend for giving her rumors. She blames everybody but herself. When Teresa was talking about Jackie not being there, and she was so happy about it, everybody was saying they were so upset that Jackie wasn't there. And Teresa wasn't even reading them. That little when she wasn't reading the room there either. No. She just wasn't getting it. Everybody else was upset about it and they were just putting up with her. She just kept saying it over and over again that she was happy that Jackie wasn't there. Like, why are they even putting up with Teresa so much now? They think of her as damaged. She's dumb. She's not going to get it. We just have to let her work through it. Even Marge even says, oh, it has to go through her head and through her brain and through her weave and jumbled up and things get confused in her and you cannot reason with Teresa. When all of that is true, why are you all trying to put up with Teresa? I don't understand. She's her co-worker. That's true. We all have a co-worker like that, right? That cannot be fired. Yeah. And then we have to put up with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's basically it. And I actually wish that Jackie came just because Teresa, if she was to get violent, then it would be like, okay, you're off the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, Teresa's not going to get it. But the funniest thing to me was yeah. whenever anything crazy was happening, Marge kept saying, I'm having a freak out. <laughs> Marge kept drinking iced coffee and having freak out. Like, maybe it's all the caffeine you're having, Marge. Maybe that's why you're having a freak yeah. out. <laughs> She's making all these milky iced coffee. They look so like good. Lots of milk. Lots of sugar. They look so good. It's like it was such a Jersey thing because like summertime in New Jersey, yeah. it is really iced coffee. Like I'm sure this is I'm saying this as yeah. if like it's just a New Jersey. The entire fucking world is having iced coffees in the summertime. But 
Like, it's just the way that they function on Jersey, especially because it's North Jersey, the way they talk and everything. I'm like, this is so real. Like, it it really, they are really yeah. like this. This is really what it's like up here. I do also want to know that Marge said, I should have brought the gummies. And Teresa turns around and she goes, yes. Yeah. And I was like, could you imagine yes. Teresa on edibles? Oh, that would have been heavenly. They should let these women have edibles and not drink. I think they would even actually it would be a funnier show. They would get along better. It would actually be healthier for them to have gummies rather than alcohol. It might happen next season because New Jersey this week just legalized marijuana. Woohoo! Awesome. So I need to drive up to New Jersey. Yeah. So I think we need to enjoy that at some point. Do you think that Teresa is going to apologize to Jackie at any point? I think she'll do a backhanded apology and Jackie at that point just to keep her job and for her to film with everyone. Everybody, she'll just accept it. I think Teresa's apology will not be a true apology. And this will come up again in the reunion and they'll have another go at the fight again. Yeah. You know, she already gets the point that Melissa is not supporting her. She keeps calling Jackie your friend, your friend. If you Mm -hmm. keep supporting her over your friend. I mean, she said something about Gia, your goddaughter Gia and and things like that. She's trying to get uh, Melissa to have a fight with Jackie and abandon Jackie. Yeah. And she'll see that Melissa is not. And so that is going to get her crazy. And we see that in next week's episode, she starts talking to Joe and telling him that Melissa is talking to some restaurant owner and texting with some guy. She is really doing a Hail Mary on this show. She is just like, how many people's lives can I fuck up? I'm just going to go for it. Right. She's coming back with a vengeance on destroying everybody on the show. I don't understand that. She's going after other people's marriages. It's because she doesn't have one. She's trying to destroy others. Well, yeah, I think she's basically serving everybody the medicine she feels that they served her over the years on Housewives. Yeah. She's like, now you guys yeah. get to all you want to be yeah. famous. This is what you have to deal with. Because I, I'm not going to be the yeah. only one whose entire world got flipped upside down because of this show. Everybody else is going down yeah. with me. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. People still fucking love her. I will I say that like if her. she wasn't on the show though, like there wouldn't really be that much drama. I think there would be enough with Jennifer and Melissa there. That's true. How do you like Jennifer? I like the scenes with her mother where she's just, her mother just goes off crying, making herself into this whole dramatic thing that is so typical of our community. Yes. They get so melodramatic. So melodramatic. The funniest thing to me was that the grandma was like, oh, look at baby Brian. And Olivia's like, why are you calling the baby Brian? That's not the baby. His name. And Grandma's like, that's a nice name, Brian. And I'm like, you know, I know so many people growing up. This is like a very common thing. I don't know if it happens for South Indians, but definitely happens for Pakistanis, where you have like one person who grew up being called two completely different names. And there's no connection. Why? But it's usually something. The story always goes something like, oh, well, I was born. And then after I was born, I went to my grandmother's house, like my maternal grandmother's house, and they raised me. So or they helped my mom. So I was called a name that my mom and her family wanted. But my father went and wrote the birth certificate documents. So they wrote down a different name. So I've just been called one name, but my official name is something else just because my grandparents wanted to call me that. Yeah, it's it's the maternal and the paternal grandparents coming up with two different names and wanting to insisting on calling the child by the name they want to call. Which, you know, regardless of what the name is, what the parents want, which is like, (laughs) actually, all it does, it gives children identity crises, crises at a very young age. That's all it does. Um, I love that Olivia was like, this is 
weird. <laughs> like Jennifer's kids are great. They're always like, um, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely a very Daisy mom moment where she was just like, oh, I don't like him because he took my kids away from me. I'm like, oh, God. Like, yeah. that sounds like my that dad. Sounded, that sounded like an Indian soap. Oh, my a God. An Indian soap. <laughs> and, like, 100% sounds like my dad. Like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, you and the kids are always just siding against me. And we're like, no, we're just telling yeah. you you're acting like a psychopath. Like, I could totally imagine that Jennifer was like, ma, you're being mean to dad, you know? And her being yeah. like, see, yeah. he's, he's put on my kids. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just yeah. taking all my ki- kids from me. And it's like, you just don't know how he has treated me because you haven't seen him. You haven't seen that. I have hidden it from you. So you haven't seen it. So you don't know that. You know, I have to say that I definitely see a different side of Jennifer when she's with her family because even the way she was talking to her mom or talking about her mom, she was like, you know, I know my dad was a good guy, but also they were in an arranged marriage and I didn't really see the typical kind of love that you're supposed to see. Like Jennifer, and even when she's hugging her mom, she's like, mom, I'm sorry. Like she hugs her mom. The fact that Jennifer actually just listens to her mother, Mm -hmm. gives her her ear, gives her a hug. I was like, is Jennifer great? I like Jennifer. (laughs) I know. I no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I actually like Jennifer in this episode a lot. I mean, she did she did apologize to Melissa. She didn't make it into a bigger deal. She wasn't snarky. You know, she enjoyed the trip. I thought I liked her a lot. I like her with her family. I like seeing her mother and her parents and discussing their family stuff because you don't see that even with Jackie you don't see that yeah you don't see much about Evan and his family and the kids it's only about Jackie so I like to see that about Jennifer yeah as much as I'm like team Jackie in the Teresa versus Jackie fight just because Teresa is such an idiot I don't want to watch another wealthy white woman complaining about being a mom mm-hmm. it's not interesting to me Jackie bring me yeah, something new I know all right do you want to talk about Salt Lake City now let's talk about Salt Lake City City, the final reunion episode. Let's talk about the husbands. Okay. Start with the husbands. Yeah, let's talk about the husbands. Let's talk about <laughs> So we got Sharif come in looking all spiffy. John come in looking all orange. Yep. And then we had uh what's Whitney's husband? Justin. Name? Justin came in looking vulnerable for the first time. I hadn't realized like he teared up talking about his Mormonism. I love Justin, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think he's you have so. Some, your cute. taste is all over the place. Your taste is all over the place. Okay, my taste is this thing. Okay, first of all, my husband. You don't have a type. My type for housewife is very different from my type in real life. The great thing about my husband is, I have to say, is not to toot his horn or anything. But my husband is a certified babe, so I feel like I have everything that I really need in real life. Like looks wise, I'm like I got that covered at home. But like yeah. there are such cuties sometimes on housewives and these husbands. You know, like people go crazy over Maurizio, yeah. and I'm like he's fine. Like I don't think he's that great. He's fine. He's okay. And like as weird as I think PK is. I actually love the fact that PK is crazy for his wife. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that I love on Housewives. So, like, I love the fact that, like, Justin and Whitney truly look like they're in love. And also, Justin has these cute little dimples and he cries. I was like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) We saw more of Justin. 
and, and got to know him better just in that scene yeah. than we did the entire season. Yeah. I want to get to know Justin better. Yeah. And it feels like Justin and Whitney have like a solid marriage. Yeah. Like they have gone through and he was very supportive of Whitney with her father yeah. talking to her dad and everything. He was very, very supportive of her. But he, it was also like, Heather was like crying. She takes everybody's pain. This is the point. So I want to discuss Heather because I identified with her in the beginning. I know what is damaged in this woman. And it was annoying towards the end because I saw some of the things she did. And I was like, I know why you're doing this. I want to slap it out of you. I want you to not do this yeah. anymore. Yeah. She takes everybody's pain, internalizes it, makes it her own, and identifies with everyone's pain, and then makes it all about herself. So she took Justin's story and she started crying. And then she said, that's because I've gone through the same thing. I had the same thing. She takes Jen's stuff. She takes Lisa's stuff. Everything becomes her stuff. She was internalizing everybody's storyline and seeing how she identified with it and then making it her own issue. That's a terrible place to be in because she'll never be happy if she continues to do that. She will just remain miserable. She was having a private experience because she was internalizing everyone's stuff. So I want to yeah. talk more about Jen yeah. in a minute, but like I want to go through the husbands and talk about each of them a little bit. So Code Shock came, yeah. Justin was there, J John was there. John Barlow John. only talked about his Rolex. And I was like, my God, you guys, yeah. please stop. No more. Yeah. And then Seth was yeah. on yeah. a webcam from Canton, Ohio. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. still know nothing and I don't care about this relationship at all. They're not going to open up at all. And he barely spoke. Meredith was answering for him. Yeah. The only time he spoke was when he said that the show helped their marriage. I like reunions when they come on and I learn something new about their relationship that I didn't get to see during the season. Right. But if you're just going to come on and you're just going to feed me the same lines that you said in the confessional, I don't need you to be here. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the most exciting thing was that we saw Robert Sr. and Mary. Yeah. It was really fucking weird. Like, I know the uh, people so, were back and forth so on tell it. Tell me what happened when they first started talking to each other because I missed that little part. Okay, so Robert Sr. gets on and Andy says, like, you know, there's a lot of people talking about your marriage. Uh, thanks for being here. And he's kind of yeah. like, I didn't really want to be here, but it is what it is. Like, I don't know. He said something like that. And then Mary goes... Oh, he's really still upset. He's not as strong as me, which I was like, that's a really fucked up thing to say. And so he kind of looks at her, he goes, yeah, that's true. Like kind of mockingly. She turns mm -hmm. around, she goes, be nice. Don't embarrass me. Be nice. And it was like really fucking awkward. Andy asked Robert Sr., were you hesitant to join the show? And he's like, yeah, I yeah. did. And she's like, no, you wasn't. No, you wasn't hesitant. No, you wasn't. And he's like, yeah, I was. <laughs> and she's like, don't bring negativity here, okay? We just made up. Jen and I just made up. And then they flash back to showing that like Jen and her did not make up. Yeah. It was just like really awkward. Yeah. It was like, I can never figure out between the two because we've, we've gone back and forth, right? It's like, who's the mastermind right. in this cult is it mary yes. or is it robert senior and it sounds to me like robert yeah. senior believes that they are equals so that when the charges come in on the fraud and everybody's getting yeah. arrested robert senior is <laughs> gonna say remember that time i was on housewives i did say me and mary yeah. are equals so if yeah. i'm going to jail she's going to jail too i thought she was the pastor for the church but andy called her the first lady and then robert senior said well she's more than a first lady really she's actually i would call her a co-pastor 
almost like he is the pastor of the church and she's truly just a first lady. That wasn't the case. She was the one preaching. I was very I don't confused. understand. I, I thought he handled the business and she handled the church. No clue. No clarity yeah. about those two. Yeah. But it was really strange to me that when he started saying nice things about her, she started getting emotional. It almost seemed like maybe it's the first time he's ever said those things about her. But I would be too if my grandfather said how proud he was of me. <laughs> Poppy, you love me. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah, I get it. He was so proud of her and she was moved by yeah. it. Yeah. I would be too. He's the number one grandpa in this group. <laughs> so so all of this happens. Coach Shaw, by the way, seems like a lovely person, but I have to say that mm-hmm. he is cleaning all of Jen's messes. That's what he's there for. And and he said to her when the show started, he said, I'm not engaging in these fights with these women for you. You got to keep that separate. But like, I I truly wonder sometimes if Jen Shaw was not married to Coach Shaw, like even this whole thing, the whole resentment Mm -hmm. against Coach Shaw because he didn't come to the father's funeral. Jen Mm -hmm. gives half of the story, right? Like Coach Shaw has to be like, well, actually what happened is that the father was really actively talking to me only and Jen believed that I could keep him alive. But like medically Mm -hmm. speaking, that doesn't make any sense. So she's resentful and stuff like that. Like he kind of cleared all that up and she was like, yeah, that's true. And it's like, I don't believe anything Jen says because I think Jen gets so emotional. She just says things. I mean, the crazy, craziest thing is that Mary points out, Jen, when you're actually fighting, Jen is in a fight with Jen. Yeah. And she burns bridges on the way. It's not how you're supposed to like navigate the world. Mary was so sensible in that moment. Moment. So sensible. I was, I was like, yeah. I don't. It I'm was shocked. topsy turvy, upside down world. Yeah, in between Jen and Mary, I don't know. They mess my mind up a lot because I am actually a very intuitive person, and I can tell when somebody is messed up or something is wrong. And I kept telling you something's wrong with Mary. Something is wrong with Mary. But this whole thing where Mary is able to discern and understand Jen freaks me out. That somebody as messed up as Mary is able to figure out Jen. That's the craziest thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Mary has a lot of people that support her in her community because I feel like maybe one-on-one, Mary is really understanding and really good at like Mm -hmm. figuring out people's psyches. I mean, you know, there's people that are great therapists that have really fucked up Mm -hmm. lives. So I feel like you can be a really good person who can give a lot of great advice, but you might be really shitty at just handling it yourself or having a lot less. Look at me. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I feel like that's probably what it is. Jen goes on this apology tour. She starts to apologize to Meredith, but like Meredith isn't having it because Jen keeps saying, I should have never Mm -hmm. engaged in this conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. you didn't just engage in the conversation, you started engaging. And Jen tries to put it on Heather and Mm -hmm. Whitney. She even even tries to excuse what she says by saying, I didn't try to come from a place of trying to hurt you. And I was just talking to my best friend. I didn't think anything would happen. But it's like, yes, when you talked to Heather, that was different. But then you went to Whitney's house, mm-hmm. you were keying and you were spreading shit. Right. And I believe that Jen yeah. specifically told Whitney because she knew Whitney was going to talk. And she set Whitney oh, up in that yeah. situation to be like, she's going to be the one yeah. to spill the beans and then I can pin it on her. Yeah. Jen never liked Whitney. Jen wanted Whitney out. This is why she wanted to use Whitney to start a fight with Meredith so she could get Whitney out. Absolutely. Meredith doesn't fall for it and I don't blame her. But other than that, Meredith doesn't do much. 
much. She doesn't talk about her marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even on this show, Meredith? If you're not going to talk about your life, why are you even on this show? Yep. She's like, and why would I talk about my marriage in front of these women? I'm like, no, you're on the show. You're talking to your audience. Yeah. Why would you even be on the show then? Yeah. When Meredith's talking about them getting back together and Lisa gets emotional and she says, I really love them. I don't want them to break up. Heather fucking has another private experience. And I was absolutely right about why Heather doesn't like Lisa and why Lisa doesn't like Heather. Mm -hmm. It is Heather is Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you just said the divorce isn't a big deal. I've cried about divorce. You've dismissed when Mm -hmm. I've said that I care about something or when I and Mm -hmm. look at you now you're talking about divorce being such a big deal. Like you don't want your friend to get divorced. And it's like, Heather, calm down. Lisa can look Mm -hmm. at her friend's relationship, two people that she's friends with that she loves. I don't want those people to break up. She's not giving a dissertation on divorce. Yeah, it's like just because Lisa doesn't want two of her friends to get divorced doesn't mean that she thinks that divorce divorce is the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Lisa says, I just don't like the way that Heather talks about the LDS church because it makes me feel like why would I associate with something like that? Which is like exactly what we've been Mm -hmm. saying the entire season is like Mm -hmm. Heather doesn't like Lisa because she feels like Lisa is the cornerstone of Mormonism, even though Lisa does Mormonism her Mm -hmm. way. And then Lisa doesn't like Heather because Heather talks negatively about LDS church, which is something that Lisa has chosen to be a part of. Right. It's just so ridiculous because I actually do think that Heather and Lisa could be really good friends. I think so too. Because they're actually so like passionate, right? Like you mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. But it's just like insane because Heather, I really hope she watches this and she goes to see a therapist to unpack a lot of this because all I see on TV is Heather projecting and having like Mm -hmm. multiple private experiences and just believing that the entire world is against her. And it's like, sis, you have to calm down. And I can also see why Heather and Jen, they're attracted to each other as friends. It's because Jen needs Mm -hmm. somebody who carries the burden, who takes on the burden. And Heather Mm -hmm. needs somebody who she can help. Yeah. In a way, they're both so toxic for each other. I think Heather and Lisa, if they became friends, they would actually get along better than Heather does with Jen and Lisa does with Meredith because they would actually give each other a lot of friendship. Yeah. Instead of just taking, taking, taking. Yes. So it would actually be a mutually productive and beneficial friendship versus the Jen Heather friendship is toxic. And Lisa Meredith is literally just completely one-sided. You know, Heather should try and get to know Lisa. Yeah. So now you want to talk about racism, aggressive? (laughs) Okay. So then we go into the big thing, which was they talk about what happened in Vegas, which is obviously Mm -hmm. Jen flipped out. Then they went to the hypnotist and Jen said that she doesn't trust Heather. The funniest thing about it for me was when Mary fell asleep. Yes. But she still answered the question. So you know what? I feel like Mary puts up a front, man. She's a lot sharper than we think she is. I want to get to know Mary better because I want to figure out. Now I want her to stay on the show because I want to figure out what what makes that crazy Mary figure out what makes her tick. Yeah. Like, what is the mechanism inside? How does the missionary work inside a brain? Yeah, exactly. I just want to. Exactly. So I wrote down, this is what I wrote down also on the topic of Heather and Jen. I wrote, Heather and Jen are professional victims. Yeah. So they start to talk about what was it 
that led to Jen saying she didn't trust Heather. And none of Jen's answers make any sense because at no point does Jen take any accountability for the way that she popped off at dinner. And that's something that I want to know. She never takes any accountability for that. But what she does start to talk about is that when she was at the hypnotist, she felt cornered because this hypnotist, this lady called Jen a bully and she said that everybody in this room thinks that you're aggressive, which makes sense Because the night before, Jen was aggressive. Now, Jen says, for a woman of color to be labeled a bully or aggressive, you don't understand what that feels like. And then she also used the term colored woman and colored person. And I was like, "Um, over and over again. um, I don't think that you're the the beacon of information for people of color if you're still using the term colored woman and colored person. Yeah. So now I will say, like, does the double standard exist? Absolutely. For Whitney to say something like, I'm going to drag that bitch, it's not going to be labeled as anything. It's going to be like, oh, look at that crazy white lady. But if a black person or a person of color says, I'm going to drag that bitch, then it's actually considered more threatening, right? Jen is viewed as a more threatening person because she is a person of color. And I completely believe that that exists. However, it's a big however. It's a big however. A massive however. Jen isn't just using words. She's also using her physical body. She's also coming at Mm -hmm. people. She's also throwing things. She is being aggressive. And so rather than actually talking about and taking any ownership for what she does, she starts to talk to them and say, you guys don't understand. And Heather's trying to say like, I do understand, but I'm your friend. And I'm trying to tell you that the way you behaved and you saying that you don't trust Mm -hmm. me doesn't make any sense. By the way, the entire internet is now saying that Heather is racist, which is, you know, whatever. They're entitled to their opinion. But Jen says, we need to come from a place of education. Now, Jen is trying to drag understanding systemic racism, the Black Lives Matter movement, and trying to take that and put it towards our bad behavior. Her bad behavior, yes. Bad behavior. Let's just underline that. Yeah. She behaved badly. Forget about everything else. In isolation, she behaved badly and she will not own up to that. She is coming up with a hundred different excuses and reasons why her behaving badly is not a big deal. But people pointing out that she behaved badly is a bigger deal. Yes. So Obi, who has the podcast called Odd Black Individual, he's one of our friends from like the Bravo podcasting world. He said something. He said, it's actually a very Karen thing to do. When you are called out on your bad Mm -hmm. behavior, instead of taking any ownership and reflecting on your bad behavior, you get mad about the fact that you've been called out for your bad behavior, right? It's like a Mm -hmm. racist being angry for being called racist, which also is what happens later on. But with with Whitney, that is what ends up happening later on. But I want to bring up a point about that in a minute, because what really upset me watching it, I was really upset watching it. Mm -hmm. Jen is not the person to be doing the legwork to start talking about race in this group of people. Because that's when Heather says, Heather says, I don't want you to educate me, which is true. Heather doesn't need Jen to educate her on these double standards. First of all, if Heather's going to get any education on these double standards, she's going to have to go figure out the work herself. She doesn't need a person of color to explain it to her. So it's not like she needs to talk to her friend who very much understands what she's talking about. Heather saw through the bullshit. She's like, don't bring race into this. But Meredith went about it in the wrong way, though. Totally the wrong way. 
Meredith Todd came off very, very careless. Yes. The issue for me is that Jen clearly is not, first of all, she's not even emotionally prepared to talk about her own marriage. She's not emotionally prepared to talk about her friendships. There's no fucking way she's even emotionally prepared to talk about Mm -hmm. systemic racism in this country. She's not somebody who can do the legwork. So there's that problem. Whitney's actually agreeing with Jen and she's trying to talk to Jen. Jen pops off on Whitney. Then Meredith says that insane thing that was super Karen and like very problematic. It was like problematic all around. She says making an accusation that somebody is racist is a huge statement at this time in America. I'm like, oh my God. But I will say this was, I think, shot around. I don't know if this was shot around or before or when. This is all around the time that, that there was a video that Jen Shah posted that video saying that these women had their knee on her neck. So it's yeah. like, I think yeah. that they're all also reacting because Jen has made this accusation before. And it's right. it's not coming from a place of any reality. You can't conflate your issues in your friendship with systemic racism. Right. It's not the same thing. Right. And I'm not saying that that's always the case. Sometimes that is the case. Sometimes that does happen. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, yeah. that's not what's happening. It did not. No. And then Jen walks off and goes and cries to Coach Shah, And she presents it in a whole different way. Yep. She was talking about Black Lives Matter and people weren't caring. Like, no, Jen, you're, first of all, you're not Black. This is not a Black Lives Matter issue. Yep. It wasn't a Black woman issue at all. It was a Jen Shah issue yep. that people were trying to tell you. And you cannot get around it by putting all the hiding behind all of these other movements and real shit that is happening outside. You are actually co-opting that to try and explain your own bad behavior. And that in itself is wrong. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, that that was so fucked up. That whole 10, 20 minutes of them, Jen going at them. The minute Kocha walked up, Jen suddenly started screaming and pointing. And, and then that's when Heather said, you are being aggressive right now yeah and that is true she were going way beyond what you should you're not talking calmly you're just going off on us and then she goes running in to talk to coach and cries and comes back and she's all calm again i'm like what is going on with this woman coach is not going to be there constantly holding your hand trying to calm you down keep you calm so you don't go off on people yeah I mean, the issue was that Andy was asking Jen, Jen, why did you believe that Heather you was not to be trusted? And instead of answering that question, she says, I felt like I was being attacked because this woman was calling me a bully and she was being so mean to me. And you guys don't understand what that's like because I'm a person of color. And that's when Heather's like, when have I made you feel marginalized? Like, what yeah. is that? What does that hypnotist saying those things have anything to do with why you raised your hand? It's like, but then Mar- Mary yeah. points it out. Mary goes, you did it because you were wanted you wanted to hurt her feelings like you want you were coming from a place of hurt and that's why you did the thing that you did jen shaw blaming systemic racism like blaming systemic racism why this 48 year old woman flipped out on her co-workers and said she was going to drown her co-workers and then was subsequently called a bully for it is doing such a massive disservice to the entire movement it actually makes me like emotional to talk about i remember in june when all this stuff was happening right yes even us people of color south asians we had so much to learn in june like i believe that i was not racist i don't believe that i was anti-racist so i was like learning a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff and there was a lot of things that everybody was trying to explain to each other right and i remember Mm -hmm. there were conversations that i would have with my friends people who i know are we all agree like 99.9 
90% of the time. They had questions about like, why should we defund the police? And rather than me trying to explain to them why, I would get really defensive. And I would be like, well, if you don't agree with that, then like, whatever, you might as well vote for Trump. Like, I would just say these insane things. And it was like, I knew that actually what I was doing was coming from a place of not understanding. But when you Mm -hmm. often when you feel emotional, because you don't understand a situation, the easiest thing to do is to call a name to the other person, because you don't want to bring attention to the fact that you don't understand, right? So it's like, in this situation, Jen doesn't understand what's going on inside of her head. So it's easier for her to call names. Yeah, Jen could not even articulate Mm -hmm. well, even from the perspective of a woman of color being called aggressive, she could not even articulate that information out quite correctly. She made so many mistakes in the way she talked. It was so confusing. She just didn't know how to speak about it because she doesn't feel it. She's not the victim here. Yeah. You're taking a very real issue that leads to dead men and women whose names are forgotten, who don't get justice. And you're using it as a defense mechanism for what your own bad behavior. So you're now using your tears and trauma for being a person of color to excuse your own bad behavior. And you're also in that Mm -hmm. way centering yourself which is like the most flagrant foul of all allyship rules yeah like if you're so emotional that you can't string a sentence together you can't talk to people about Mm -hmm. it intelligently then don't because you end up doing a disservice and then you call somebody a racist and then the conversation is over and like i know because it's happened Mm -hmm. in my own life i've done that to people myself and i've been like no if if i can't have an unemotional conversation about race Mm -hmm. then i shouldn't be having this conversation I should still be reading and learning and figuring this out myself. You can't bring your own emotional baggage into a conversation about race in America because that's not what that's there for. Like you need to take that baggage to therapy, Jen. Right. It was so upsetting. No, like we talked about, just because somebody has cancer doesn't make them a better person. Yes. Just because somebody's a person of color does not make them a good uh, representation for, for or a good advocate for anti-racist. Yeah, I believe Jen Shah believes in Black Lives Matter, obviously. I believe that Jen Shah votes exactly along the line, same lines as us. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that Jen Shah is a very problematic person. And I also believe that her taking her own shit and mixing it with systemic racism is bullshit. Right. Do I believe that she has faced racism in her life? Absolutely. She Absolutely. is a minority yeah. in Utah. I believe that she has yeah. experienced it. I don't think a normal run-of-the-mill white person looks at Jen Shah and thinks of her as Tongan. They think of her as a brown person yes. of some yes. sort. I do think that she's been treated that way. I do think she understands it. I don't think she is, in this instance, that is the case. And I don't think she knows how to talk about it. And the thing is, Mary does know how to talk about it. Yeah. Mary doesn't pop off over it because Mary is an actual black woman who has actually dealt with it her entire life. So the Bravo Mm -hmm. Breakdown, Sasha from the Bravo Bravo Breakdown does like these amazing videos, but she had a video about it. And she was Mm -hmm. like, like, I am a black person who grew up with white girls, but I don't use that as an excuse for why I behave poorly. Like you, you can't. And Mm -hmm. do I think that anybody was totally right in this? No, I don't think that what Meredith said was right. Mm I don't think how Whitney reacted by calling her husband and saying, oh, well, she called me a racist is right. But I do think that Whitney made that mm-hmm. phone call because I feel like they probably saw that video about Jen saying that they had their knees on my neck and they probably, mm-hmm. she probably 
you know, join the two. I do think that Heather has a whole bunch of other issues wrong with her. I think also yeah. Heather needs to shut the fuck up and listen to people. If she mm-hmm. keeps chiming in, it's like, you just yeah. got to listen. I think Jenna's all sorts of wrong. Yeah. I love Lisa Barlow. I know. Me too. Can you believe it? The first episode, the very first episode we recorded about Salt Lake City, we were like, why is she there? Who cares about her? She's so boring. Give me an extra large Diet Coke and Elisa Barlow. Okay, that's all I want. Me too. Uh, that's where we are who do you think is going to get a bad edit next season I think Lisa has will get a good edit because now she has won over the audience and Bravo will keep her there and I think Heather might get the bad edit because Jen is going through her re- redemption arc next year Heather will be struggling all alone because she won't have anyone supporting her yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if like Heather and Whitney have an out or something I think so yeah yeah because I feel like Whitney, the likelihood of Whitney and Lisa becoming friends is a lot bigger than Heather and Lisa ever becoming Mm -hmm. friends. And as a result, that will cause a rift. Because I don't think as much as Heather says that she's like doesn't care, she's not capable of being friends with somebody who's friends with somebody Mm -hmm. else who she doesn't like. That is true. But it was a great season. I think for a first season, like my God. Yeah. I think for a new franchise, this might be the first season that actually, maybe Dallas first season was good. I don't remember. I think the only... Jer- Jersey and Beverly Hills first seasons were really good. Potomac first season was okay. It was okay. Second season was awesome. And it started getting good after the second yeah. season. Yeah. What's going to be on next? Oh, you know what's coming back? As we talked about Married to Medicine. Favorite show. We might need to record a separate episode for Married to Medicine because there's always so much content there. Yeah. And there's that Indian girl too this time. Yeah. Yeah. We might need like a separate weekly Indians only episode where we talk about all of the Indians on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have that many? We don't. No, but Family Karma will be back eventually. That's true. But we don't have enough representation. No, we don't. But it was a good week. It was. We had fun. It was a long week. You got me all fired up before going to bed. Hey, at least it was a week of like, we learned so much this week. We learned that apparently yeah. when a stripper comes to your house, you can't just give them $4 and keep the rest of the 4,000 no. singles to yourself, which is what I would do. <laughs> yeah, we learned that Cynthia is exactly like us because she counted out $7 <laughs> and gingerly placed it in front of Bolo. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is raining since Cynthia said she sprinkled. <laughs> We learned that if you go to Marge's house, you're definitely getting a nice coffee. Definitely getting a nice coffee. And Marge's Joe pretty much is her assistant. And she just bosses him around. Like, it. bring the luggage over. Walk the women to the car. <laughs> he was just being bossed around so much. Yeah. And then we learned we learned what not to do as women of color from Jen Shah. Yeah. And we learned that a fake snow is just soap. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing I wrote. I said the episode ended with everybody ate meatballs. Mary ate fake snow. (laughs) She's like, this is not snow. And she puts her tongue out and tastes some more like Mary. That's soap. It's so sad. It was so sad. I was like, oh my God, how do you, how are you more rich than me? I don't understand this. <laughs> I know, right? How, how did this happen? How many grandpas does um, one have to blow to get that rich? <laughs> uh, whose grandpa does Brielle have to blow? <laughs> All right, guys, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.